Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, podcast fans. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. The Bauer and Rose Show right here on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, the Bauer and Rose podcast, hosted at justthenews.com. You, you can get us wherever you get your podcast. Make sure hit the subscribe button, give us a five-star rating, and recommend us to friends, enemies, and particle neutral neutrons. I want to, I'm going to uh, hit the mic well, button. Before you do, Tom, I would recommend particularly that, that we recommend it to enemies. Um, I want to irritate the heck out of those folks and... Uh, and, and, you know, it would make my day if some of them were attacking us. I want to start, and we're going to get to the Trump stuff. We're going to get to the indictments. But I want to start only because we've talked about it pretty thoroughly uh, since these Maui fires started. Thursday morning, Wall Street Journal, in a rare piece of good journalism, headline, Hawaii Electric warned of wildfires for years. Here's the, here's the takeaway. Climate alarmism, Gary, is killing people. It's destroying communities and causing terrible environmental damages. The fires that this climate alarmism are igniting from California to Maui are a greater cause of global warming than than the coal plants it shuts down. The WSJ, Wall Street Journal, reports today that the growing, I'm quoting, the growing risk of wildfires on Maui has been known for years. The number of acres burned on the island soared to 39,000 in 2019 from 150 in 1999. This is according to data compiled by the Hawaii Wildfire Management Organization. Several reports released by that office and others have said the danger in, is increasing in part, be, listen to this, because of invasive plants that have overtaken former sugar and pineapple plantations that environmental interests have successfully lobbied against curtailing. Roughly one quarter of state land in Hawaii is now covered by invasive grasses and shrubs in once agricultural areas that are now off limits to development or reuse, according to a study by the University of Hawaii's uh, East-West Think Tank Center. The state, hold on, hold on, Bauer. One more sentence. The state and federally mandated drive to reach renewable goals has preoccupied private energy companies working with Hawaiian Electric and state officials for years. Looking back with hindsight, the business opportunities were on the generation side and the utility was going out for bid with all the big renewable energy projects while having no resources to deal with wildfire potential, said Doug McLeod, former Maui County Energy Commissioner. Well, Tom, uh, you're right. That is a a rare example of actual journalism. 
But of course, it gets us back to the problem we talk about endlessly on this uh, podcast and, uh, and, uh, and every time two or more conservatives get together, it's central to every conversation it's, uh, that takes place. We are living in a thought-controlled society. The, what you just read is the equivalent of spitting in to the largest hurricane that has ever hit the planet. The, because the ripple effect of this couple of paragraphs or sentences in the Wall Street Journal will be exactly zero. Not, not only will uh, no other large outlets dare to pick up this theme and, and pursue it, there will be no scientists at research institutes willing to risk their careers to write about it. There are fewer and fewer members of the Republican Party that are willing to go any further than just uh, passing comments. And the children coming out of all of our homes, even conservative homes, by time, not by time they get out of college, not by time they get out of high school, by time they get out of elementary school, they're not only going to be confused about their gender, they've already been told in the first grade that because of mean capitalism melting the polar ice caps, Santa Claus may not be able to deliver presents this coming Christmas. That is the society we are living in. That is what the stupidity of, broadly speaking, the Republican Party has allowed to happen because they never fight with the same passion, all in, 1,000%, caution be whatever, they, they're, well, uh, the expert at the such and such said, uh, you know, or, or, you know, I mean, Tom, look, every step of the way, we've, we've been, this has been going on, this constant losing of everything, even when we win elections, has been going on for 30 years. 100 plus people are confirmed dead, 1,000 missing an entire city destroyed, and it was caused 100% by environmental lobbyists. Yeah, Tom, 100%. This was entirely preventable. And if I can, for a moment, proclaim uh, prophetic uh, brilliance, I don't know if you remember because you don't usually listen to what I say on this show. Last Tuesday, when we recorded uh, our podcast a week ago, right when these, they were then called the Lahaina Luna fires, now they're the Maui fires, when they had originally triggered and we were on the air when they were just starting, what did I say could very likely be a possibility for these things? It was so obvious for anyone that's lived there, that's been there. I mean, you have tens of thousands of acres of, 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 uh, former agricultural land that's been overgrown by invasive species when the Hawaii Department of Agriculture either wants to sell that land for development or clear it out. The, the preservationists, the conservationists, they sue. The state's on their side. 
and you have 50 years of fuel building. It was so, this was so preventable. Well, uh, Tom, uh, tip of the hat. Yes, I, re- I recall you saying that. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not in any way downplaying what you, what you said. I've seen some others say it. I, I, I mean, I've seen some people on Fox dare to say it. Um, but your point is it's not going to make a hill of beans it, a difference. No, no. I, I mean, look, all over Europe, farmers are being labeled Nazis and right-wing extremists and secret followers of Donald Trump and Putin sympathizers and anti-democratic and, you know, on and on it goes because they're trying to save their farms from governments all over the Western world that is in the grips of billionaire tycoons that themselves are all in on world government, globalism, neo-Marxist socialism, and the global warming narrative, the climate change narrative, is the vehicle that is being used to smash capitalism, smash conservatives, convince children that the only answer is to vest in a world government that will stop these evil people from growing food to feed the world, eat bugs, you peasants. The list just goes on and on. We have less members of the scientific community willing to stand up against this nonsense than we did 20 years ago. Even though every year the evidence is more and more overwhelming and they are able to take the evidence and turn it in to more proof of climate change that Tom, there are, there's, I mean, it's, it's everywhere using the fires of this is what happens when you, when we look the other way, this is the warming of the planet. They caused it. They caused it. These, yes. yes. Well, Tom, I mean, I know, you know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I, I, I really want to, you know, we should have this conversation off the air when nobody's listening or we could have it on the air when nobody's listening. <laughs> the, Let's, the, you're right. We, we should have a conversation about this, Tom, because what, what is, what are we going to do? What, what I'm imagining in my mind is millions of people around America, every time they hear people like us or, uh, a, you know, a brave politician or somebody, uh, you know, on talk radio or on Fox or in some magazine say these things, which are obviously true. And they're and these people all over the country, their hair catches on fire because it's like, okay, yeah, I know. I know that. Thanks, Bauer and Rose. I know that. What the Hades are we going to do about it? Yep. Does anybody have a plan? Does the Republican Party ever have a retreat where they go off with some serious thinkers and say, we want a comprehensive plan on how to win the argument on climate change? Do they ever call in the billionaires that are pro-Republican and pro-conservative? You, you could have the meeting in your closet. I mean, there, there can't be more than three or four of them and say, can we ask you to start tr- strategically investing your money, not in ego driven campaigns for the presidency like my friend, uh, Senator uh, Scott, Tim Scott, but 
but literally spend hundreds of millions of dollars on helping us push back on this narrative? Or do you not care that this is all being used, you three or four billionaire Republicans? Do you not really care that this is all being used to destroy the idea of free market capitalism? And by the way, put you under the tender mercies of bureaucrats at the United Nations. Look, America is obviously no longer the shining city on a hill where political debates are settled at the ballot box. We learned that again earlier this week with these outrageous indictments in Georgia. Now the ruling party puts its opponents in prison and rigs elections to ensure their permanent control. How can we say that we're any better than most third world regimes at this point. Lots say, and I, I don't agree with them. Maybe, maybe you do and I'm wrong. I believe, lots of conservatives say, you know, if Trump had only retired, there wouldn't have been any of these indictments. I think that's horse dump. Their hatred of Donald Trump is so pathological and their terror at the prospect of anyone else even remotely like him ever emerging again they would have pursued him with the same fanaticism that they're doing now to ensure that the deterrent effect would so terrify anybody from ever attempting to pick up his mantle again. I I think, Gary, we've crossed the Rubicon, and there's no turning back now. A lot of conservatives are saying, well, it opens a Pandora's box that's going to swing back to us like a pendulum. When we win power, I think that's just more banal, conservative, wishful thinking. We aren't like them. We don't do that to them because we're too weak, we're too cavil, and frankly, we're too principled to ever fully turn the tables. Our leadership, Gary, won't even stand up now. The GOP Senate leadership has not even commented upon this active destruction of our system. And even if we do ever elect leadership willing to stand up, we now face an entire federal, legal, administrative, judicial bureaucracy lined up against us to do precisely what they succeeded to do to Donald Trump when he was president. The fix is in, ladies and gentlemen. The fix is in. Yeah, uh, Tom, I agree with every word of that. Uh, You know, an interesting question is, you know, do when we don't do these things, uh, you you said, and I think it's, you know, a logical thing to say because we're too principled. But really, is that being principled? Because it, it would be like being in a war with, you know, whoever, who, if they win, another dark age is going to descend on the world or on your country. And out of principle, you don't use every weapon at your disposal because you're a principled man. But is that principle? Doesn't that really say, you know, uh, to, 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 to pastors and churches that have gone AWOL because they they don't want to be involved in that dirty politics stuff. Uh, you know, I can go on and on and on. It, it really isn't principled. It's, it's actually unprincipled. And it gets back to something, you know, that you and I have talked about a lot, and, and I'm actually obsessed with it. 
uh, I'm a real bore at cocktail parties uh, because I keep going up to people. At least that you get are, invited to cocktail. I don't even get invited to cocktail parties. <laughs> I, I keep going up to people that are broadly on our side. Uh, you know, the people that are really into this, they, they know what I'm talking about. But there are a lot of people that are conservatives. You could even include, you know, our friends over at National Review who uh, who got upset at the uh, song. Uh, Try that in a small town. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the, the apparently the editorial board at National Review wrote that uh, we don't need any more songs uh, promoting the idea of violence. That was what their reaction was to one of the most culturally resonant moments. God knows how they're going to react uh, to to this song, uh, you know, rich men north of Richmond, because William F. Buckley was a rich man north of Richmond. God rest his soul. Uh, You know, I keep asking people, what time do you think it is? Uh, and they, they look at their wristwatch. No, no, no. I, I'm talking about what is, what is the time you think we're living in? Well, it's 2023, Gary. I, I know what the year is. What is the time? What is the moment? Are, are you living in an America it, 10 years before the Civil War, 10 years before the American Revolution, 10 years before the 60s and multiple assassinations of public figures? Uh, it's clearly not the fifties, you know. D- Dwight David Eisenhower is, uh, y- you know, win one for Ike. Ain't gonna do it today. It's not morning in America. God rest the soul of Ronald Reagan. Um, what what time? If you don't know what time it is, I asked this question, Tom, as you may remember, of a relatively famous person, and he looked at me like I just landed from a planet in the outer reaches of the solar system. I, I, I think that you did, actually. I remember that day, and you had just descended in some strange-looking spaceship. <laughs> so, uh, look, I, I mean, here's the, I, I think this is a huge problem, Tom. We, we, there's only two major political vehicles in America, and all this talk about a third party, it's hard to see how it goes anywhere, because if a, a third party actually won, who in the Congress would... would um, would end up working with that third party. And by the way, any third party that gains traction does so because at least in the opening stages, everybody projects their own views on that third party. But then the nominees of the third party have to ask a bunch, answer a bunch of questions. Do you believe in global warming or you don't believe in global warming? Is it, you know, what's in a woman's womb in the seventh month of pregnancy, a child, or is it nothing of consequence? Are there 52 genders or are there two? Does religious liberty mean I can write I can worship in private but I can't bring my faith in the public square or does it mean you are not only allowed you it is necessary for you to bring your faith into the public square and the list goes on and on and every time they answer one of those questions this hypothetical third party candidate the divisions in America are going to be stark again and they will be perceived as being either on one side or the other and whatever side they're perceived to be on they'll split the vote of that side well no so look, uh, third party's not going to do it right the last thing our domestic enemies want is justice their purpose is much much bigger than to see donald trump die in prison although they're downright orgasmic at that prospect their overriding objective is one that they're 
well on their way to achieving, and that is the destruction of our two-party system and the establishment of, of, of full and near-total one-party control of the United States in order to complete their long-promised, uh, what was Obama's line, complete transformation of this country into a semi-authoritarian, left-wing, soft police state. And we're well on our way to getting that. There's, there's aggressively lawyering is now a criminal offense. This is what came out of the, uh, district, uh, the, the Mm -hmm. Fulton County, uh, grand jury. Because Donald Trump listened to legal theories unapproved by the establishment. Their authors and advocates now face prison time. The regime media was hand in hand with this all along for the last two and a half years. It's like a Tourette syndrome, the big lie, the big lie, the big lie. When we challenge election outcomes, it's a crime. And when they challenge election outcomes, it's defending democracy. Just ask Stacey Abrams. Requesting a new slate of state electors now is a crime. So then the Constitution itself is a crime because that is the procedure. It's right there in the 12th Amendment. It's now a crime to ask state election officials to, quote, find 11,000 votes. Did he ask state election officials to create 11,000 votes? Did he ask them to steal 11,000 votes? Hey, find me 50 great pizza places. Find me 10 new Honda SUVs. Find me something uh, brilliant that Gary Bauer has ever said. It's now all criminal. But again, it's only criminal for Republicans. Challenging elections for us is a crime. And for them, challenging elections is defending democracy. Uh, you know, Tom, the, we, we do this a lot. We, you know, we'll, we'll put the Constitution right in the middle of our arguments. And, uh, you, you know, I... I gained a reputation over a number of decades. Uh, in fact, I, I think the first time we actually ever talked, you, you called me unannounced. I mean, I'm not even sure we knew each other and said that, that told me who you were. We met then personally in, in Israel when you were editor of the Jerusalem Post. But you called because I had given some speech. Uh, about the U.S.-Israel alliance, and somebody was raving about it. And you said, uh, "Hi, my name is uh, Tom Rose." What? What in the world did you say? You know. <laughs> so, uh, but so I, I got a reputation over a number of decades of being, uh, oddly enough, a, a good orator. I, you know, as you know, I don't dominate a room when I walk in. It's possible for me to walk in, have a drink, eat a few hors d'oeuvres, and leave, and nobody knows I was ever there. But give me a microphone at the front of a room. For whatever reason, God gave me the ability to move an audience. Yes, he did. And so over those years, one of the ways I moved audiences was by repairing back to the Constitution, bringing up provisions of it, bringing up why men died for it. And almost any place in America, even in audiences that were not overtly partisan, you know, speaking in front of the local business council, speaking in front of... Uh, community leaders in a particular country, a particular city or whatever, uh, people, when I would talk about the Constitution, the founders and the great heroes and heroines of, of American history, they would tear up. 
they, you, people would come up later. I have never, I have not been this moved uh, in a long time. Mr. Brown, Brown, you brought me to tears. We talk to audiences now, Tom, 80% of America's young people don't know what we're talking about. Constitution? What? Remember Nancy Pelosi's reaction when she was asked whether Obamacare was constitutional? And she went, (laughs) constitutional? And then she moved on to something else. But her, her message was, nobody cares about that. I mean, and why would they? They spent 30 years having a left-wing Supreme Court amending the Constitution by ignoring things that are clearly in it, in it and imagining things that clearly aren't. And as we try, finally, with a working majority to restore the Constitution, they are on a jihad to take out Supreme Court justices one way or the other. They encourage violence against them, and then when somebody comes to kill them, they don't arrest anybody demonstrating outside their homes. They constantly call them uh, not normal, taking away your rights, America. The rhetoric is engendered to make their lives miserable, to demonize them. The demonstrators are still outside their house. They will stop at nothing, and we're sitting around saying to each other, well, if Donald Trump would just step away, uh, clearly America is ready to elect us. <laughs> the democracy they claim to want to defend, this is, these are the steps that they've actively engaged in to defend our quote-unquote democracy. They want to stack the Supreme Court. They want to get rid of the Electoral College. They want to ban the Second Amendment. They want to get rid of the filibuster. They want to stack the Senate, and now they're criminalizing any politics that opposes their encroachment upon our quote-unquote democracy. We've been saying this for two and a half years. They're not defending democracy. They're destroying democracy. What they're really defending is not democracy. It's defending Democrats. When you defend Democrats, no matter what your mean, no matter what your method, no matter what your purpose, it is destroying the democracy that they claim they want to defend. We're out of time. Yeah. You mean America or Bauer and Rose podcast? <laughs> That's the way we've ended like four shows in a row. But you're right. It's a question worth asking. We're out of time. The Bauer and Rose show is out of time, but America uh, is not. Anyway, have a, have a great uh, weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Absolutely.